The various opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests, contributors, and participants of the Behind the Warrior podcast are their own and are intended for informational purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs, viewpoints, or policies of the EOD Warrior Foundation or its employees and volunteers. Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Maria Shabla, and welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Brian Mercedes, the executive director of Chive Charities. From coaching baseball, working in sales and marketing, management, and finance, to nonprofit leadership, Brian has lived and worked all over the country, as well as in the Dominican Republic. Through it all, Brian has found his passion in helping others. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thanks, Maria. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah, excited. We're so excited to have you. So I always like to start from the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where'd you grow up, and what were your career experiences before joining the Chive? So, grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, Midwestern boy, and, uh, you know, went to Catholic grade school, high school, and college. I went to the University of Dayton and got a marketing degree with a minor in Spanish. And uh, I've got plenty of family from Dominican Republic. That's where my dad is from. Um, and plenty of uh, cousins, aunts and uncles that uh, came over to Puerto Rico and then uh, lived in New York City growing up. So always loved going out there to visit them, but always had this like tug to go and learn Spanish more beyond the grammar. Uh, so my brother and I, decided to move out to the Dominican Republic uh, after I had graduated from the University of Dayton just to get to know our family out there a little bit more and just experience life and and be able to talk and have real adult conversations beyond just the you know the Spanish that you learn in in grade school and college and um, and in high school so spent uh, what I thought was going to be six months out there ended up getting a job with a tour operator and kind of moving up there, uh, started in sales, then uh, started to manage the sales team, and then uh, took on the entire marketing and sales department. Uh, by the time I was 27, I believe it was, uh, which was kind of a unique opportunity. And you know what I thought was six months ended up turning into about four years uh, because of those incredible opportunities, because of the amazing people out there, and just the culture was such a uh, such an enriching experience for me. So, uh, but you know, I started to miss friends and family. My grandmother had passed away, and it was like you can't jump on a plane or drive and visit. Uh, you know, your grandparent when they're in their last moments of lucidity. And so just that regret, my little sister, who's a lot younger than me, was growing up and I was kind of missing it. And, you know, just wanted to reconnect with family back on the mainland. Uh, so I ended up moving back, uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, kind of followed my brother over there. He had moved there a year prior and was working for Ecolab in their healthcare division. So I kind of slipped in there, uh, was working with the sales team, um, working in finance as well, um, just financial analyst for a couple of years. And that's when uh, I kind of reconnected with my wife. 
Wow. It sounds like you've had a lot of really neat experiences and opportunities. Now, please tell us, what do you mean by saying you reconnected with your wife? So uh, my wife, Emily, uh, she has always been like, you know, growing up one of my best friends uh, in high school and then in college, we were kind of like drinking buddies. And uh, every time I would come home from college or even the Dominican Republic, she'd be one of the first people that I reached out to like, hey, what are you up to? And, and, uh, you know, we would always go out to the bars and just hang out. And I was good friends with one of her cousins, um, just growing up and so we were always around each other but more and more you know as i lived in the dominican republic and also in atlanta i just you know i was dating people and and i was basically i was just uh comparing them to emily and so finally i you know one new year's eve i was back in fort wayne and she was back in fort wayne and just committed to letting her know that I wanted to date her. So, uh, you know, the ball was dropping, positioned myself next to her, the ball's <laughs> dropping, and I made up my mind that I'm going to just go in for the kiss. And ball drops, I go in for the kiss, she goes in for the hug because we're good friends, oh and I gosh. end up like side mouth kissing her and eventually telling her <laughs> that I want to date her. And fast forward, you know, we've got four kids now. <laughs> wow, I love that. I love a good love story. So now um, now your life took a, a pretty drastic turn because of this. And, and can you tell us, our listeners, about that? Yeah, so Emily at the time was running... Uh, she'd started a website called The Berry, which was under the the umbrella of the Chive Media Group. Um, so it, basically the Chive, uh, for those not uh, familiar with it, the Chive was and is just a, a media group. Um, back then it was a, a funny website with memes, art, uh, beautiful women, um, you know, just viral photos and videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, we're talking back in 2008 when it was established through 2012 when, you know, I kind of re- reconnected with Emily. Mm-hmm. So Emily was running the female version of the tribe called the Berry, which instead of, you know, beautiful women, there were beautiful men. There was, <laughs> uh, you know, celebrity stuff. There was art. There was, um, you know, some things that you would uh, find on like Pinterest, even though this is, you know, even before Pinterest, I think was, uh, too, too big. But, uh, after we got, uh, engaged, her brothers approached me at, uh, actually at our engagement party in Atlanta and we were sitting down in a bar in Buckhead, Atlanta. Um, and Emily kind of transitioned accidentally into this, you know, she was excited that they were going to be starting a charity and she's like, Hey, John and Leah, why don't you tell Brian about the charity? Mm -hmm. And they talked about this incredible community that they had at the Chive that had taken an affinity to changing people's lives. Um, and, and it, so it was an online community that was starting to meet offline and, um, you know, it wasn't just the funny photos. It wasn't just the beautiful women. It wasn't just, uh, viral videos and things like that. It was people connecting in the comment section and, you know, they were more and more not just connecting online, but they were starting these Facebook groups, um, starting to call themselves Chivers and Chive Nation and creating, uh, geographical groups on Facebook that were in the thousands, um, meeting up at a bar and raising money for, uh, for causes that needed, you know, awareness and also for, uh, needed funds. So 
Chive Charities kind of got born out of that. And John and Leo, the founders of the Chive and Emily's brother and uh, Emily's brothers sat me down and started to explain all this. And then at the end, something neither Emily nor I were expecting. They're like, and we know that the 501c3 is the way to, you know, start uh, an organization that we can do more help for more people. We don't know the first thing about 501c3s, but we'd love for you to start it. Wow. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was kind of blown away. I was like, you know I what? Um, I like my job right now, but I love this opportunity. Uh, so I'm ready to start. Wow. Like, no, no, no. You can take some time to think about it. I was like, I did. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> that, that seemed like an easy decision for you to make, huh? Yeah, yeah. Rather than kind of, you know, putting together sales reports and, and financial stuff for a healthcare uh, company, actually being able to make a real impact on real lives is really appealing to me. And I had seen kind of firsthand, because I was following the Chive at that time, what that community was able to do. So when they said, hey, help us start a 501c3, let's put together a strategic plan of like how we can help, who we can help, um, you know, that just seemed like, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you had mentioned the term flash mob charities to me <laughs> um, earlier, and I kind of was just intrigued by that idea that that was a phenomenon that you were they were seeing um, on the Chive, which is kind of led into the Chive charities being born. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 2009, 2010, 2011, that the flash mobs mm-hmm. <laughs> were, were a thing, and... Uh, what was unique about the Chive community, uh, apart from being vast, you know, they had something like 30, uh, 20 to 30 million viewers some days. Uh, and so very, very large community. And there was this one story um, because the, you know, obviously they had editors that would scour the internet uh, for, you know, very appealing photos and funny photos and things like that. And and a lot of it was user generated too. So they would have an inbox where you could email Bob at the chive, uh, (laughs) Emily's cousin or Emily at the chive or, uh, you know, whoever it was that was putting together these, uh, these posts. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes it just kind of started out very organically. Someone would email and say, Hey, you know what? I heard of this person that really needs help, uh, chive, help them out. Um, they got one inbox message from Kenny George out in uh, Virginia. He was out in Hill Country, Virginia, and he was part of a volunteer rescue department in Fluvanna. Um, and Fluvanna County was basically, they had lost their government grants and they were going to have to close their doors. And they were the only ambulance and firefighter, uh, you know, any sort of equipment that could save lives for 60 miles around. So lives were literally on the line. Um, And Kenny George just kind of gave a Hail Mary to John said, Hey, I don't know what you could do, but like, we have nowhere else to turn. And so John said, I don't know what we could do either, but I'm just going to, you know, write a story put a few paragraphs out on the chive and said, Hey, chivers balls in your court. Here's a link to where you could donate. And, you know, within hours there had been $34,000 raised and save the oh rescue uh, <laughs> squad. And they're still, they're still alive today, which is, which is great. Wow. Um, and that was kind of like, you know, within hours you were sending a flood of people to one link to donate. This is before, uh, GoFundMe before the proliferation of 
you know, these community donation and fundraising websites, CrowdRise, GoFundMe, uh, Care, like all of those sites that are commonplace today and you see it everywhere on yeah. social media. This was, hey, we've got a PayPal account and, you know, we need to keep the lights on. <laughs> we need, wow. like, we're not even taking salaries, but we need to change tires on our ambulance. We need, uh, we literally are trying to, keep our doors open Mm -hmm. um, because our garage door won't open. (laughs) And so we can't go on these emergency calls. So uh, that was the kind of genesis. It was, and we didn't call it flash charity back then, but Mm -hmm. then, you know, we had a few more of these and and then the Taylor Morris, who's an EOD Navy EOD tech, uh, the third, third or fourth, uh, individual to survive the quad amputee uh, procedure who had stepped on an IED in the Kandahar um, province of Afghanistan mm-hmm. and um, you know lost all of his limbs, watched them blow away. He was conscious the whole time, told his buddies, don't like clear the area before you come any closer. He's bleeding to death and he's looking out for you know his 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 friends um, wow. that he's serving with. and he comes back, he's at Walter Reed for a few months. And, and this was, you know, the, the power of the community, you know, we talked about those, uh, user generated emails that come in we started to get dozens of people saying, Hey, I don't know if you've heard about Taylor, Taylor Morris, but Mm -hmm. like, you gotta talk to this guy. You get, you know, he, he needs some help. We end up, you know, somehow making contact with Taylor Morris, incredible, incredible individual. Uh, end up talking to he and his now wife, Danielle. Uh, and, you know, he's like, Navy's got me pretty well taken care of medically. But that being said, like, you know, at the end of the call, we're like, we, we got to make this story known. We're going to, we're going to write a story, but like, do you need anything else? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I just don't know what I'm going to do for a living now. Danielle and I had always had a dream of living on the lake in Iowa. He was from Iowa. Um, and having a lake cottage. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that that's kind of like the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Um, Danielle, by the way, amazing, stood by him, thick and thin, moved out to, you know, uh, Walter Reed area to just be with him. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, we write this story and we're like, hey, Chivers, we don't know what the future holds for him either, but Mm -hmm. what if we could just put a down payment on that future lake cottage? Um, And once again, Chivers came through in spades. And uh, after a few days, we had raised over a quarter of a million dollars and just purchased the house for him. That is so incredible. And I I just can't believe the impact that the Chivers is able to have on on the community, um, the country, the world. It's really just phenomenal. So now, um, can you tell us exactly what Chive Charities is and its mission and why does it mean so much to you? Well, Chive Charities, we're a 501c3 organization dedicated to supporting underserved veterans, military families, first responders, and rare medical diagnoses with life-changing grants. Uh, we use our megaphone over at the Chive and at Chive Charities to raise awareness, and we use the individual to raise awareness for the cause, rather than you know maybe your classic charity model, which is the other way around. So we've got a very diverse set of recipients. We help recipients anywhere from Hawaii all the way to Maine, um, and we've helped you know recipients in all 50 states. Something we're very very proud of, uh, but. You know, it means a lot to me 
because we're making a real impact in these lives and we're telling these stories and people that wouldn't have learned about this rare disease or known about burn pits or known about, you know, the struggles that first responders, even, you know, 911 call responders face with things like post-traumatic stress that you wouldn't know about and the small items that can make such a big impact in their lives. Maybe a $10,000 service dog could help uh, a veteran coming back reintegrate into society and you know hang out with their family save a marriage uh save a life even um and you know we're helping these individuals and it means so much because we know that we're not going to change the world we're not going to uh to cure this rare medical illness but we know that you know we can at least make these individuals lives a little bit better and and so you know we brighten the community we uh we make the world a little bit better and that's why we say we always uh strive to make the world at least 10 percent happier yeah i love that i love that 10 percent. so so modest so um so chive charities has been a huge supporter of the veteran community and recently made a major decision to start providing caregiver support in addition to veteran support um, for those of us in the nonprofit world, it's it's pretty well known that there are a lot of resources for post-9-11 veterans, but almost none for families and spouses. Can you tell us about how that decision came about and the impact you see it making? Yeah, absolutely. So we have always kind of done this. And, you know, as one-offs, you know, we started Chive Charities and you heard me say that there's kind of four core pillars that we help veterans, military families, first responders, and rare medical diagnoses. Well, for, you know, the longest time it was veterans, first responders, and rare medical diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as you know, we write these stories and each one of these stories has so many components and their universal themes and we get to know the family members that are behind the quote-unquote heroes and we learn that they're just as much of a hero as maybe the three-term uh navy eod tech Mm -hmm. or you know the first responder who works at the post 9-11 um cleanup you know, their family is dealing with just as much as the the veteran or the active military um, person who's overseas. Mm -hmm. They're holding the family together. They're the ones that are helping their husbands, their wives reintegrate back into society. We may have a a veteran who comes back and, uh, you know, she may be struggling with some post-traumatic stress and her husband is there you know, and she's leaning on her husband. Her husband is seeing the trauma that she's going through and taking care of the kids potentially. And, um, you know, he's going through it just as much as maybe she is. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are just as much in, you know, the the thick of things and in the weeds and they need the support too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've always kind of done it, but we made a more conscious decision to make it public and to kind of promote the fact that we help out military families. You know, you could have, uh, a Marine overseas who has a wife with three kids at home and they've got mold in their attic and they need to redo their roof because there's a hole, you know, well, that's not something that, you know, this, this Marine is going to be able to help with, but we can help with that. That's mm-hmm. going to help him live life and serve our country and, and protect us and protect his family, knowing that, you know, he's got that assurance that there, his family is safe doesn't yeah. need that in the back of his mind. Um, so those are the things that we kind of 
uh, have decided to take on outwardly things that we've always kind of done as one-offs, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's a story that needs to be told the, the story behind the story. And it's something that, you know, you read it and it reminds you of a cousin who's dealing with something similar or an aunt, an uncle or a friend. Um, and you can't help but be kind of sucked into that story and want to help out and be kind of moved and, you know, be a part of that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Maybe you share that story and then they share that story and maybe it gets in front of another military family that needs help. And they end up uh, applying because they read that story or maybe a friend starts to donate. And that's kind of how Chive Charities works. Mm-hmm. It's that ripples make waves. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I just wonder, like, you know, I know you kind of gave that example about someone's roof needs to be repaired. And that's like a very basic need and obviously very important to that family. But I wonder mm-hmm. if you could kind of expound on um, what what types of grants you guys would see as falling under caregiver. You know, if there's some some listeners today who, you know, their spouses might be struggling and need uh, counseling or, you know, whatever it might yes. look like. What what are the some things that you think that chive charities might be able to assist caregivers with? Yeah, we keep things pretty broad. Mm-hmm. Uh we've got I would say four uh, categories of grant items that we cover. So medical items, mobility items, therapy items, home modifications, and that can run, run the gamut. So, uh, mobility items could be something like, uh, let's say you are active military or a veteran and you got, um, a son or a daughter that has medical needs and, uh, they need ADA accessible vehicle. Uh, we'll, we do a lot of ADA accessible vehicles, home modifications. Let's say, you know, there is a medical need as well. You need a sensory room built uh, for, you know, a son that has, uh, I don't know, muscular dystrophy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be something that we, we help with or a therapy pool or, you know, medical supplies, um, one thing that we help with uh, more recently that we've done a few times in the past couple of years is hyperbaric oxygen chambers for military members coming back that, um, you know, it, it provides all sorts of benefits. But they're things that especially insurance uh, companies or potentially like the VA won't step in and help with, or if they are going to, it's something that could take years. Right. Well, you know, that's not fair. We'll step in, we'll help purchase these items. And then we write a story about it. And maybe through writing that story, we increase the awareness around the need for those items to be covered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we've got, you know, everything from mobility scooters, lifts, roof repair, heating and air installs we've done, um, you know, life-changing medical procedures uh, for family members, um, you know, we've got a whole list on our website and, uh, you know, if, if you ever have a question about eligibility, you can always reach out to the team at Chive Charities as well. Wow. That, that is wild that you're able to help such a broad spectrum of, of different situations that come about. And, um, I love that you all are so outside of the box with, you know, alternative therapies too, because I know hyperbaric is, is like, you know, that's really coming up in conversations a lot lately. And you're right. It's not covered by insurance. So, um, that's neat that, that you're able to help with alternative treatments. 
Exactly. To a certain extent. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's always uh, some limits to what we can do. But, you know, part of our mission is to help with life changing grants. Mm-hmm. And so we're not coming in and saying, hey, here's a $500 gas card right. or, you know, here is uh, a couple hundred dollars to get you to one therapy session. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like our average grant being around $30,000. So we mean it when we say life-changing impact and life-changing mm-hmm. grants. These are mm-hmm. things that are saving lives. They are making your life better. Um, so like it's a quality of life enhancement that is just going to make life a little bit easier. Right. Or, or yeah, I mean, just... Maybe a lot easier, you know. It sounds like <laughs> maybe a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is just phenomenal, and um, so happy that you all are doing what you're doing to help so many people. Um, and you know, I was I was gonna ask, you know, what what you meant by life changing event, but you know, now hearing the size of the grants that you're able to to help people with, it, that kind of self explanatory. What is the process? How can somebody apply? Where do they go? And can you explain that process to us? Absolutely. So uh, you could go to Chive Charities, which is C-H-I-V-E-C-H-A-R-I-T-I-E-S dot org. Um, so from there, you'll see kind of like a hamburger menu um, and you could go to the recipient tab or you could just go to chivecharities.org slash recipient. Um, and then there you've got the Q&A, frequently asked questions. What do we help with? What do we not help with? Um, the whole list that I kind of went over, we've got about 40 to 50 examples of items that will cover what we don't potentially cover um, is on there as well as kind of the sign up tab. Mm-hmm. So um, you would, you know, go to the, I'm a new applicant, start an application um, as far as what we do cover. So like I said, we've got those four pillars of support. So rare medical diagnoses, if you've got a family member that is suffering from a rare medical condition that is on the rare disease database, that would, um, that would fall under that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we've got veterans. So if you've got medically related needs or quality of life improving needs that would make you eligible um and then military families so our active duty um you know dependents of active duty with you know life-altering conditions we will um will help out there and uh first responders and first responder families so same kind of thing uh, especially if first responders are uh at least partially disabled or if uh, family members have medical and quality of life improving needs as well. Wow, okay, that, that sounds good, and thanks for explaining that to us. Um, so I, I didn't ask this before, but when, what year was it that you started as in this new role uh, with Chive Charities? I started back in 2012. Okay. Uh, I believe it was June of 2012. Officially, we incorporated. Um, I had been doing a little bit of work uh, leading up to that. And so incorporated in 2012. And then, you know, that's back when the government was first shutting down. Wow. And we didn't hear back from the IRS on our 51c3 application until 2014. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but that didn't stop us from making a big impact because, you know, based on our legal team and application, there was nothing that would have 
barred us mm-hmm. from eventually getting that. It's just no one was there to work on our application. Uh, obviously, there, there's some things that I would have changed that would have expedited the process uh, if I had known what I know now. But that being said, <laughs> hindsight uh, you know, those first, <laughs> yes, hindsight is 2020. Uh, you know, we were still able to raise, you know, close to a million dollars over those first couple of years for uh, recipients in need. Uh, and then it just kind of took off from there once we did hear back from the IRS and we were able to go to companies and go to uh, individuals that just wanted to do more impact but wanted to make sure that you know we were officially a 5-1-C-3 <laughs> for all the reasons that yeah. a donor would want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so since then we've been you know around 2 to $2.5 million in total aid if you include all the flash charity campaigns per year. Um, And this year's shaping up to be the biggest that we've ever had. Wow, that that is remarkable. Um, so Which is great because this is our tenth year, oh, <laughs> so wow. kind of celebrating ten years of making the world ten percent happier. Oh my and goodness! So we've got we've got a lot of great content around that. We're happy that you know even despite the economic conditions and mm. um, you know the pandemic and everything, we were able to grow through the pandemic and. Um, our incredible community has just stepped up time after time and we're going to help more people this year than we ever have for more aid than we've ever done. Wow, that is so exciting. Um, I, I'm sure you've been through quite the journey <laughs> over the past decade. Um, and I, I wanted to ask, so um, 10 years in, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of Chive Charities and then the individuals and families you've helped and will help in the future? Yeah, so uh, for Chive Charities, you know, the the short-term and mid-term and, and long-term, you know, we always just want to say yes to as many people as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to you, Maria, a little bit before this call about the, the painstaking process of saying yes, uh, which, is, which is great, but then the behind the scenes is for every yes, there's one and a half no's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each one of those no's is somebody that's incredibly deserving. And, you know, by the time we get to the selection process, uh, everybody's deserving. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, the mission is to say yes to everybody. I wish we had enough budget. I, knew, I wish we had enough funding to say yes to everybody. Right. Um, you know, other things in the hopper that we'd love to have is launching our corporate giving and major giving campaign. Uh, right now, Chive Charities gives about 84 cents, 83, 84 cents on the dollar uh, back to recipients um, in need, which is pretty darn good. It's a, it's a number that we're really, really proud of. But, you know, the goal would be to say that, you know, 100 pennies out of 100 pennies or out of a dollar goes back to the grants that we give. So how are we going to do that? We're looking, you know, within the next five years to build our hero fund, which would be, you know, corporate sponsors who help us cover things like travel and, um, you know, our website and and things like that, that, you know, those expenses that you have that Mm -hmm. way our average donors donating, you know, $25 a month. And we've got about 4,000 monthly subscribers that donate. Um, So you can know that, you know, every single one of those dollars is going to the next Zoe, the next Taylor Morris, the next Bobby Reaping. Um, And you can see the immediate impact of every single one of those dollars, um, which, you know, I think would be huge for us. Wow. Yeah, that, that is wonderful. And I, 
I, I see it happening. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that you'll be able to, to obtain that aspiration and, um, and we wish you the very best of luck. Um, I, I'm also going to take a, a stab in the dark here and say that there probably are a lot um, in the EOD community who are familiar with the Chive and maybe not so familiar with Chive Charities. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us and share with us all the wonderful work you're doing to help veterans and caregivers. And, um, and we also want to uh, say a big thank you to Emily for giving you a shot after that wet, <laughs> sloppy side kiss. So, <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you, Chive Charities, and, and thank you, Brian, for everything that you're doing. Um, and um, we're, we're going to end this. We have a tradition here on Behind the Warrior, and we like to um, end the interview with a couple of questions about your favorite things. So my, fir- my first question is going to be, what is your favorite type of music? Oh man, that's so tough. I can only say one. I listen to everything. <laughs> so if you looked at like my Spotify, you'd be like, you're all over the place. Everything from like, uh, gosh, Vivaldi, classical music to hip hop. Like I'm a nineties kid. So I love my old school hip hop to folk and indie music. Um, it's so hard to <laughs> pick down to one. Cause like, I couldn't even tell you what half of the music that I listen to nowadays is. <laughs> um, so we're going to go with nineties hip hop. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So nineties hip hop, I I'm from the nineties era myself. So like, is there a band or a group that, that you can like pin it down to like who might be your favorite? Oh my gosh. Nineties hip hop. Oh my gosh. I remember boys to men. Is that considered hip hop? <laughs> okay. Yes. I would say that is, that's the first cassette tape I ever owned. <laughs> Motown Philly. Oh my Absolutely. gosh, I loved it. I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, so I would say I would say that that's definitely up there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so what is your favorite fashion trend? Uh man, you talk about Emily and uh sloppy kisses. Well, I rely on <laughs> Emily for my fashion as well. Ooh. Um I'm really digging, you know, she'll get me some shorts. Uh but they're like the the shorter, not like showing all of my thigh shorts, but like, you know, I love a good pair of like uh, casual shorts that you can wear a polo with, um, oh. you know, like not dad shorts. Not We're not talking about like cargo. We're talking about like the maybe like nine inch, you know, midway down the thighs. I like to keep in shape. She thinks I've got great legs. So <laughs> I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> well, well, I'm so curious about that. So like what, what brand? So I'm... In that, you're gonna to have to defer to Emily too. So it's it's non dad <laughs> shorts. They're not cargo. Non dad. No, okay. no, no. Um, and you do- yeah, she got me like three pairs, and I'll have to like look at my tag. What here, are they though. called? No. We have to share this information. Uh, I can I can I follow up with yeah, you on we'll that? Yeah, we'll have a link. We'll have a link on this podcast because you know fashion yeah. is important. So right, that's right. awesome. Um, and then the last question is: What is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, I think this one's easy. Dominican Republic. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just the people are so incredible. The culture is laid back. Um, the weather is perfect. Mm. Um, you know, you've got the hot season and you've got the amazing, you know, 80 degrees and sunny every day. Um, and then at most it gets like, you know, nineties or whatever, not like upper nineties. And it's just, it's beautiful. So, um, and you get a diverse, um, topography. So you can go up into the mountains, you could do white river rafting, you can swim with dolphins, you can see whales, you can do deep sea fishing. 
Um, it's just, it's so cool. Wow. Well, I, I like crystals, and there is a crystal that's only found in the Dominican Republic. Do you know? Ah, what it is? Yes. Uh, are you talking about Larimar yes. or Amber? Yes. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite stones. It's so beautiful. The Very turquoise cool. bluish one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Love that. Stunning. Love it. So cool. So, oh, wow. Well, I I think you've made a lot of people want to visit the Dominican Republic, so you're probably boosting their tourism (laughs) as we speak. There you go. (laughs) I expect a check. Royalties. (laughs) Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Like I said earlier, we we appreciate everything that you're doing um, for the veteran community and are so excited about this this change to uh, support caregivers and um, and realizing the importance of the story behind the story like you had mentioned. So thank you. We wish you the best. We wish you continued success um, and you take care. Thank you so much, Maria. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.